everybody. Welcome to the Homeworkies podcast. And we're doing another one of our bonus episodes where we're, we are taking a look at a franchise of movies and we're ranking them. We've already done The Parent Trap and we have done Father of the Bride. And now we're talking Freaky Friday. And of course, I had to have with me Marissa Serafini is here. Thank you so much for uh, taking on this challenge. Hello, Rachel. Yes, here we are once again. <laughs> you know, it, it wouldn't be fun if it wasn't a challenge. That's right. <laughs> and I don't know if you agree, but I would say definitely these four movies, the Freaky Friday movies, it's my least favorite of the three that we've done, that we of the mm, rankings. Yes, agreed, fair. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but like, it's it's hard to tell because I think the last three movies of The Parent Shop like, were not good. So, mm. I mean, so a fraction of that one was good, the rest were not. And I think... All of these across the board, pretty solid for the most part. So it's a toss up, really. Yeah. I mean, I, there's just something so weird about this whole concept that that in each one of them, I was like, that's awkward. That's weird. <laughs> that's a strange thing. Especially, I, I think, especially mom and daughter is always more awkward than daughter and mom. Yes. Would you and agree? I think- um, I I agree, yes, but also it makes sense with the whole dynamic of, you know, mother-daughter because, like, I think a lot of, you know, contemporary movies and television shows, you generally, for the most part, see mother and daughter usually getting along. So to get a series of movies where they don't get along and they have to overcome, you know, mm-hmm. a challenge and, and differences, I think it's, you know, still pretty telling. And I like that dynamic because we're so yeah. used to like a mother and daughter getting along. It's true. And I have to say that it was an interesting experience watching all four of them together, even though I spread it out over two days, because one of my least favorite tropes in, or archetypes in movies is sort of the, the surly teenager, you know, like I'm not a big fan of that. And Agreed. watching all four of these movies, I was like, Oh man, that's a lot of teenager for, I for know. two days. It's so funny. I was listening to another podcast where someone asked, like, literally asked the question: If you were paid a million dollars to spend uh, one of your teenage years all all over, like just oh a year, gosh. to be a teenager again for a year, would you do it for a million dollars? I'd be like, heck no. <laughs> no. A year? I, yeah, a I full know, year. A year. <laughs> to be a teenager again for a full year, would you do it? Oh like, man, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't either. It's, no. I mean, I didn't hate my my teen years like that much. I was I was pretty active and involved in stuff, and so pretty pretty happy in general. There was a lot of stress at home because my mom had a baby when I was a freshman in, in high school, and so that was pretty stressful. Oh, but wow. yeah, and uh, I. It, it was, she also had to go on full bed rest. So that was stressful for my family. Mm-hmm. And we definitely had my, you know, my parents and I definitely had our moments. And every time I watch one of those like surly teenage movies, I'm always like, I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry. I was so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, th- that's interesting because I, I, you know, I don't know what you were like as a teenager, but I had a serious attitude issue when I was a teenager. <laughs> you can talk to my parents about it. I mean, I wasn't the. Yeah yelling at my parents or like defying them and being disobedient and rebelling it was more so i was just very moody 
I, mm-hmm. I was in a million extracurriculars. And when they asked me to do something, I just did not have the energy to do it. Like yeah. one, I remember one time they wanted me to like help out in the garden. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Cause it's oh, the garden was my yeah, was nemesis. Like, I hated working in the garden. I did so much yard work cause I was in the Midwest. <laughs> so my parents, yeah. And we had land, you know, we had an acre of yard and I was mm-hmm. always trimming. My brother was always cutting the grass. I was always trimming it. You're always like, we were the doing the ones doing the upkeep. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that mm-hmm. on my Saturday, you, yeah. you know, yard work. So it's like stuff like that. So I had like a serious attitude when it came to, I was like really hard mm-hmm. to talk to. Um, I so, definitely had know. my moments. I felt like I didn't really click that well with my family. My brother and sister had a lot more in common and I was sort of different <laughs> than them. Mm. And so that was kind of hard and, and, uh, you know, it's just stressful when you have a, a new baby and, you know, it's right. Um, you know, that's challenging mm. on the whole family. Right. And priorities uh, shift and stuff. but. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was interesting when I went back because my parents don't live where I grew up anymore. So I don't really get to go back there very much. Uh, but a couple of years ago, I went back and we were, was talking to some of my friends from high school and they were like, we just have such great memories of going to the Wagner house. And I was so surprised because I was always really embarrassed about my house because I was like, nobody's ever going to want to come over here to do stuff because you got to be so quiet because of the baby. And then my little sister is being a nightmare. (laughs) And and, I mean, one time my little sister, she, she got my little um, planner book Mm -hmm. and she just learned how to make phone calls. And she called every single person in my planner book. And the next day I went to school and everybody was like, Hey, your sister called. (laughs) (laughs) I was so embarrassed and my mom was just laughing yeah that's actually pretty funny yeah I mean I think it I guess it depends on what she actually talked about when she she called people well I mean especially when because I was that that was uh, seventh or eighth grade and especially when you're that age you know like you don't want no your social world is so fragile in those years uh, but but anyway, yeah, I mean, I definitely had my surly moments. I'm sure if my mother was on this podcast, she could tell you. <laughs> I, I think we all did. Let's, but it let's is be honest. One of my, it's one of my least favorite archetypes in movies. I just, even movies that I know, like, I know as a film critic, I know this is well done. Like something like Lady Bird. I know it's well made, mm-hmm. well done. Do I enjoy it? Not that much. No. You, like, like, oh, I think it's more so... so, do you enjoy the reminder of those yeah, days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so much, because so I these... hated my teenage years. I hated. Which one? Te- uh, I just, I mean, what I did as a teenager was fun. Like, yeah. all my extracurriculars was fun, but I did not have a lot of friends, and I just hated being a teenager. Yeah. I could I not wait. so ready to, yeah, yeah I'm with you. I, I could not wait same. to get out. Me too. Me too. And especially because my mom had a, had another baby when I was a senior. So I was like, oh, wow. I want to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Busy I want to get out of here. Uh, but anyway, so it was an experience watching all four of these. And uh, <laughs> I'm still, even as we're talking, I'm not 100% sure on my ranking. So we'll see at the end what, what, what I decide. But it'll be interesting to see uh, what you have to say and how that 
makes me kind of process it. But let's start with, well, actually, let's start with, I actually found out that this, this whole franchise is based on a book by Mary Rogers. It's a very short book. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, I, I, I listened to it on audiobook this week because it's only three hours. It's very short. And it's very different than the movies because the, it's almost exclusively focusing on Annabelle, the daughter that's living, that gets to experience life as her mother. Like her mother does switch places, but it's like more of a background character. So it's like Um, Annabelle's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so she's just learning to sort of appreciate her mother, but you do have Boris, which <laughs> you get in the nineteen seventy. My yeah, but it's only one hundred forty-five pages. It's really short, and yeah. uh, I remember you know. there was. Um, I remember it coming from a short story. I have not read it personally either, but I mm-hmm. did know there was original, uh, original source to it. Yeah. And it, like I said, it is available on Audible if you like audiobooks. But anyway, so let's dive into 1976, the very first Freaky Friday film. This <laughs> stars Barbara Harris and Jodie Foster, and then has John Astin playing her dad. And uh, in the as they have a really, I thought their marriage was very strange in this. Oh. But there were a lot of things that were very like 1976 about this and overall what did you think of this version um i thought this was like chaos to the extreme um i would not want to live that day that they had (laughs) with each other um more so actually they spent most of the time separated Mm -hmm. um compared to the other films that we'll get to but this was an exhausting day. I was yeah. getting tired just watching what they were going. It's through. true because she she goes to just the daughter goes to the dentist, gets her braces off, has the the field hockey game, and mm-hmm. the uh, the what do they call aquacade? Yeah, aquacade thing going on all in one day. Yeah, and I was like, what's an aquacade? <laughs> <laughs> Shows yeah. you how how. I grew up and completely <laughs> landlocked. I was like, yeah. what? I never heard of an <laughs> this is a thing. <laughs> but I mean, just one of those activities would be a lot. Like getting your, it doesn't hurt to get your braces. I've never had braces, but I think it kind of hurts. I, I never had braces either. You get your braces off. I imagine that only takes about probably an hour, not even hopefully. So, mm-hmm. but I think having the field hockey game, that's exhausting. That's yeah. heavy cardio. I don't know. Yeah, and then to follow it up with an aquacade is something on the water. Like, so she had an exhausting thing on land. And now she has an exhausting sport on the water. Like, girl, don't you mm-hmm. miss that energy you had when you were a teenager? When you were a teenager, fuck sure. You could do all that. As an adult, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, I know. It's like one activity. Like, give me three <laughs> cappuccinos, please. Yeah. I do love Barbara Harris. She's also in uh, in a movie and movie I love called The North Avenue Irregulars. Uh, it's a hidden Disney gem that I don't think it's on Disney Plus yet, but it's so funny. If you're ever just looking for a a really good laugh, it has Cloris Leachman. She's hilarious. Uh, it has the um, uh, Edward has Edward Herman from Gilmore Girls. Uh, 
Oh he's, yeah, he's, it's Rest in really peace, Edward. Yeah, it's really good. But it, I just think that she is very funny, and she just really sells kind of the physical comedy and the like. I don't know. I just I liked her in this role, probably better I, than Jodie Foster. Yes, I completely agree. I really enjoyed Barbara Harris, um, and I I completely believed she was stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came mm-hmm. to the the washing machine not working out, all the people flooding her house and coming in, uh, you know, expecting money, and then like it was just chaos to the extreme. And I would, if I was in her position, I would be just as stressed as she was. So she she definitely yeah. sold it. It was very very believable. I mean, were you shocked when you have the, the when you have her smoking? No, I, not so much. I mean, because you got to remember that the time, it, it is the 70s. A lot of people still smoked in the 70s. Um, but watching I, it, I was like, it yeah. kind of feels like a 1950s movie. Yeah, that I agree. And, but I think I will get to it. But then when she's smoking in the 1995 one, that really surprised me. I was right. like, what? And even the um, the young, the girl in that one, even smoke the teen smokes in that one and i was just whoa you would never see that in a million years now no they never never never. so anyway then (laughs) i basically the biggest worries on annabelle in this movie is uh, that she likes her messy room she likes her unmade bed she likes doing things the way that she wants and she wishes that uh, that uh um, that her mother would, would just leave her alone. Yeah, this sounds like a typical teenager. And <laughs> I gotta, uh, all right, I'm gonna completely admit this. But when, because I, I went into this film not really knowing, um, I mean, I knew the story, but I didn't know this version mm-hmm. at all. And it took me like a solid 20 minutes to realize that was Jodie Foster as a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. like unrecognizable <laughs> but well, like once i realized that i was like holy crap that's jodie foster yeah and she had done um oh what's it called uh, taxi driver so she was in taxi driver and she played a uh i think she plays a like prostitute a young like l- as a young girl in that she plays it's a sexually explicit role in that uh for a young woman mm-hmm. and so what i was reading was that she actually like specifically did this movie to try to lighten up her image because she had done this r-rated movie oh, taxi yeah. driver it's that's like and, the opposite of what disney girls do <laughs> right yeah exactly and so i thought that that was interesting uh, and She's definitely the most kind of tomboyish, I would say, very of tom- the four. Very, very tomboyish. To the yeah. point where, not to say it was scary, but it was off-putting. Um, mm-hmm. and, and not to say in a disrespectful way, because we see, I mean, she's very athletic. And, you know, she does the aquacade and field sport. But because the first, like, 10, 15 minutes, it's all voiceover from her. Yeah. And and she has a very low voice. She doesn't sound like the typical teenager, mm-hmm. teenage you, girl. 
Did say. you laugh though when when Barbara Harris calls her calls her husband Daddy? Daddy, <laughs> like, yes. you never called me Daddy before. <laughs> that was funny. I I did like the the written dialogue, the the conversational dialogue between. Mm-hmm. I did laugh a lot in this one. Well, and I think she's supposed to be younger than some of the other versions. She's only thirteen, so 13. she doesn't know how to drive. She doesn't know how to these kinds of things, and uh, and. There's also I don't understand why they had this whole part with Mrs. Schmoss, um, the maid. Right, I'm not saying that wrong, but that whole part was just weird. I guess it was supposed to show that she can't manage the stuff. She thinks that she can do her mom's job, but she actually can't. But, but I, uh, I think it's also a reflection of the mother too that the mother can't handle her own mm-hmm. work to the point that they have a maid. Also, well, I mean. I and that it seems like the maid. There's no. I I I I get my house clean. There's nothing wrong with having a maid, but uh, but it seems like that the person that Mrs. Schmoss doesn't do the job. Like she's not good at her job, and so she's not doing a good job of sort of managing the house. Right, and the, the problem is with Mrs. Schmoss is like. Every time we see her, she's like, no, I don't do this. I don't do that. I mm-hmm. do, don't do this. And I was like, if you cut that character out, completely out, you yeah. wouldn't be missing anything. I know. I agree. She literally did not add anything to the story. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you have, like you said, her overstuffing the laundry. Uh, she ignores the dog. Uh, and I was like, what good are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you even there? <laughs> Yeah, and then and and I don't know why she felt like she needed to clean the rugs. <laughs> Get those in the laundry. I was like, that's like that's usually not something that uh, that's probably could she probably could have left that out. Right. But um but anyway, and then you have uh, her taking the typing test at school. Oh, and she doesn't know how to work the electric typewriter. Uh, she says it has a mind of its own. Uh, she ends up sparking out the other machines. It does feel like that the teachers have it out for her. Right. And in fact, in all four of these, the teachers are pretty, are pretty rude. <laughs> the teachers like... are pretty dismissive of, of mm-hmm. the girl. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder why. I wonder why that's like such a consistent through line through all of it. Yeah. She's also terrible at marching band. That's another activity on this day. There's right. marching band practice. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. How do kids have the energy? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I guess that's why <laughs> the carpool moms have been spending so much time, and because they <laughs> they had to dish out the energy, like, you know, disperse it amongst them. So the most weird part of this movie is the whole Boris part. Boris is so like they're obviously making some kind of riff about the graduate and Mrs. Robinson and the way that she's flirting with Boris and the way that he responds is just so weird. (laughs) It's so awkward. Yeah. And I was thinking about um, like the men, like the guys and the men in this, um, in this particular movie, like their storylines do not age well. No, uh, and no. the <laughs> Forrest, he's like, I wish I was 20, year, 20 years older. And and he's all saying how, well, Annabelle's uh, a bad seed and all this stuff. Like, it it was just awkward. 
Mm, yeah, and, and it's awkward to also the point you know is like this is not accept- socially acceptable. No. He is too no. young for you. You are too old for him. We know they shouldn't be together. This is a doomed relationship. Yes. Uh, and so there is. Uh, it's also, I think, the relationship between Annabelle and her brother in almost all of them, but particularly in this one and in the last one, uh, is, I mean, I, I thought my little sister was so annoying. <laughs> but I do feel like even having said that, it's awful. She's awfully harsh. I mean, just saying uh, that uh, that she hates her brother, and uh, that's. I mean, that's and, a very they- um, sister brother dynamic too. Because you know, I hated my brother as a teenager, and he was only a year and a half older than me. So we were actually well, closer no, in age. But I, I, get I think that. it's a common. It's a I, trope. I mean, I actually, I had a hard time getting along with my older brother as well. That's just two years older than me. But I don't know, just hating a little boy <laughs> just seemed kind of harsh to me. And he says, you can't hate someone and love them at the same time, can you, mom? And uh, then there's also this weird plot that doesn't really go anywhere with the dad and his kind of sexy secretary. Yeah. I'm glad she- they didn't because i mean the the daughter got involved with that because that would have been yeah like all right can i i just have to admit i hated the father i Mm -hmm. hated the father i like seriously i wanted to punch him um mostly because in this me too movement that you know world that we live in in the 21st century you know mr andrews his storyline does and his character does not age well and no. so every time his character came on screen, I just cringed. It was, he was so awful to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the way that he just expected her to have dinner ready and right. not even just dinner, but the food for all of this whole thing, this aquacade thing, which is ridiculous. And, uh, and he had even- the, yeah, sorry. He had the line, I do my job and you do yours. And I put him in my notes. Oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, he's that demanding, old-fashioned old fashioned man, you know, very chauvinistic. I just, mm-hmm. I could not stand him. Yeah, he was definitely, like you said, it does not hold up well. But I just thought it was weird because I felt like with this secretary, they kind of brought it up and then it just kind of went away. Like she ends up showing up kind of in her mousy glasses and things like that later on. And mm-hmm. and then that's it, I guess. They, uh, I don't know. I just felt like it was kind of introduced, and then they didn't really do anything with it. I'm, I'm uh, glad, though, because if they did, I think it would take the story and the attention away from the mother and daughter. And that's what we're mm-hmm. really wanting to watch. And not a storyline between the, the potentially cheating father mm-hmm. and, and husband. So she calls up Boris to come babysit and turkey sit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that uh, went well over well no that did not go well and she because she has to go to the school because that's another thing going on this day is there's a meeting at the school because evidently annabelle has an incredible iq and the teachers say oh i'm a failure because i'm not able to teach this incredible <laughs> incredible basically like we're not worthy she's too special for us yeah <laughs> like really uh, 
And, uh, and then the last third of this movie is just like, like you said, total chaos. You have, because Annabelle is driving, but then uh, she starts out. So you have Annabelle in the, uh, in the, um, on the water skis. And then you have, uh, but you have in her, in the body of her mom driving and she's only 13. She doesn't know how to drive. And, but then when they start water skiing, it switches places. And all of a sudden now her mom is water skiing. Right. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then there's just this massive chase scene where they are being followed by cops. And there's some really like physical comedy with the, uh, the uh, police car going through these like tunnels and they come out like looking like a triangle at one point. Right. And I mean, it's, it is madcap all of a sudden. <laughs> For sure. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I didn't understand the whole switching places, physically switching places aspect. Because when they first switch, they're only switching, like, quote unquote, spirits <laughs> in, in and of, that, of themselves. But then when they switch back, the whole body switched. So, like, how did that happen? I forget what exactly they both say at the same time. I didn't write it down. Uh, but they, that made it switch. And... Uh, they, you see the mom that she's on the pair, she's paragliding at one point. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It is. Yeah. I just didn't understand the switch because the first switch, they don't Mm -hmm. switch positions. They just switch like internally. And Mm -hmm. then the, the, when they switch back, they completely switch physically in rotation. It just didn't make sense. And it was very, on top of everything that we're already watching, that's also happening. You're like, wait, hold up. Now we have to follow them here. It, it was a and lot. And this one, the magic, is it the talisman? That's Is this one a talisman or is that the next one? I forget what the magic was in this one. Um, Yeah, the, the green necklace talisman oh, yeah, is the, the necklace. 95 one. Um, no, this one, the first one was a wish. They both made the same wish at the same time. They're like... Was, but wasn't I, there a, a talisman or some kind of magic... Uh, no, I can't in, remember. Not in this one. The first one was only a okay. wish. It was a it was a verbal wish. They both said in unison at the same time, saying like, uh, like uh, I wish I could live like like you mm-hmm. for a day or something. It was all verbal. Yeah. But the car ends up in the lake, <laughs> and uh, then uh, they. She says, I'm so much smarter than I thought and so much dumber at the same time. <laughs> and then Boris yeah. says that he likes a level head, more level headed woman like you. Yeah, and, Boris. And, and then at the end, you have the dad and the boy wishing they could switch places. So that's kind of your funny ending. Yeah. But, wish, uh, but we, yeah. Which we kind of got that aspect with, um, uh, which. I think it's the 95 one and the 2003 one that we had like another couple, I guess you can say potentially switching. Hmm. Yeah. So what would you give this one? One to 10. Because the father turned me off so much. I'd have to say probably a six. Yeah, I agree. And the whole, Mrs. Robinson stuff was just too weird for me. It was really strange. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode. And that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. 
Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Okay, so the 1995 version, this is made for TV. If you want to watch it, it is available on YouTube. It is not on Disney Plus like the rest of these, which I think, honestly, it might be the smoking. Uh, that Because right. there's uh, Make My Music is another Disney movie that they don't have in Disney Plus, and it's because they have uh, Pecos Bill is smoking in it. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. But anyway, this one I had never seen before. This was a new one to me. And uh, it stars Shelley Long and Gabby Hoffman, who you might recognize from Sleepless in Seattle. Yes. Seen that. And, uh, and she, has- I think the most recently I've seen her in was Girls, HBO Girls. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, she plays Adam's crazy sister. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, and so it has a bunch of other people that pe- people probably recognize. It has a pretty good cast for a decom, I would say. Uh, it's got Eileen uh, I- Brennan, Drew Carey, Carol Kane, uh, some really funny, uh, funny people. And I liked this a lot. I thought this was very good. I thought that Sh- Shelley Long was probably the best mom and daughter. Yeah, I did like this dynamic. This was definitely I mean, daughter fun, and mom. Yeah, this was definitely a fun one because um, mm-hmm. I, I was the age when you know, well, you know, I was actually younger than teenager, but I do remember this coming do? out when I was a kid because I I mm-hmm. have seen this one, um, so long ago, but I have seen it. So in this one, she's not married; she's a single mom, uh, for Ellen, and. Uh, she's dating this guy named Bill and Bill is a big improvement over yes. previous husband <laughs> over chauvinistic. <laughs> He's a pretty nice guy. <laughs> and you definitely, this movie feels very 1995, the clothing, the kind of the grunge look on mm-hmm. Annabelle definitely feels very 1995. And, uh, and the, the whole, attitude that they have about the whole attitude that Annabelle has about her mom and you know well you forgot to stay married and just really tough on her uh is I know I just feel like that's very something you'd get a plot line in the 90s kind of a thing right I I, it felt heavier you know the reason for the discord between these two was like a very real family dynamic tension um, and, and I like mm-hmm. that because I, I think that was more catered because I think, how old is she supposed to be in this one? Like 13, 14? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it felt like a, a more grown up storyline. 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And she says, at least you get to do what you want and don't have people ordering you around every second. And I do think that is the hardest thing about being a teenager. It's so hard because you really want that freedom. You want to, you you know, you feel like I could do it. And people won't give me the chance. Right. And teenage teenage years is so hard is because it's such an in-between. Like you're trying to be independent, but yet you're still Mm -hmm. too young to let people let you do things. Um, so it, it is mm-hmm. very, they are very tough years. Yeah. Yeah. And the love interest in this one for her is Luke, Luke Mathis. And, uh, and when she's in the, uh, and the mom says, when, when did you get so cute? And I was like, that's sort of a weird thing for a mom <laughs> to say. <laughs> and, uh, and then also when she gets to school, she, she calls the teacher Dinky. Uh, because she knew her growing up and uh, there's also a mean girl in this one at the school named Rachel. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. There's and, always a mean girl. And, uh, and so her, the mom thinks that, Oh, she's just can, should just get along with this girl. And then once she's actually in the body of her daughter, she realizes, Oh, this girl's really mean. Yeah, as girls so, are, as mm-hmm. girls are. Not that I'm bitter whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like that because we didn't. I mean, we kind of got a little bit of that in the '76 one, I believe. But mm-hmm. she just, if I remember correctly, again, because mind you, we watched all these so quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, did she tell off in, in the '75 one? Did she tell off the girls? Like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> Um, uh, was it that one? Uh, yeah, I think there is. Cause she, there is a girl there that she thinks, why aren't you friends with this girl anymore? And then she realizes, uh, but they are kind of meshing together. I admit, it. <laughs> but, uh, they, they have her in this one. Uh, Ellen speaks, uh, speaks Spanish. And so that's kind of a new element <laughs> that all of a sudden Annabelle's great at Spanish. Uh, and there's also, there's this whole dissecting frogs scene. Right. And so she gives this whole speech about how it's just, it's revolting. And did you like dissecting on, frogs? Sorry to like completely. No, digress. no. I had no. so much fun doing that. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm, again, being a teenager, because I, I love science and like I actually uh-huh. wanted to be a doctor for a short period yeah. of my life, thanks to ER. Um, so like every time we got to dissect frogs and stuff, me and my partner, this is terrible, but like we would cut it open and we would play with the intestines and stretch them out into a long string and like fling them around. (laughs) Oh, we were awful. So (laughs) I mean, I remember dissecting frogs and I remember, of course, in E.T., it's just just an important scene. Yes. Yeah. So, but, uh. But then you have the uh, the everything going wrong at work. She ends up having ha- having to fire Joe. So Annabelle starts to realize kind of the stress that her mother is under. Everything goes wrong. The um, we find it in this one is this is the one that has the talisman. That's the magic. Yes, yes, the green necklaces, talisman looking mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, and then you have the the weird scene with the teachers making out in this one, which was strange. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely 90s. There's a a lot of 90s shenanigans going on to 
to to say the least. Yeah, I, I think there were a lot. You could say "quote unquote" risque stuff more in this movie than compared to all the other ones. Really? Yeah, and, and so she starts to do some research to try to find out about the talisman, and you have this woman who is a twin. Uh, that uh, with the lady who's the artifact lady. I don't know their names, but that was that was interesting and interesting take. And uh, there's a lot of rollerblading going on. Yes, there is. Movie. And not from the daughter. It's actually <laughs> from the mother. Yeah. The well, daughter. there's because there's this big right. lunch that they have. And whenever she is on the rollerblades, there's like this kind of Benny Hill like music. Like, right. <laughs> and rollerblading big thing in the 90s i had uh, like three pairs of rollerblades yeah um, I, I have no balance so i, I was couldn't, a i was never big uh, roller skater big mm-hmm. i mean i used to play basketball on my roller skates yeah, yeah so she shows up at lunch this big lunch and she orders a root beer float and a burger and french fries <laughs> <laughs> They're all like, what? what are you like doing? a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then Drew Carey shows up as an IRS agent, which I thought was random because I, I I don't know where this was in his career, but uh, oh, this, yeah. this this was big because he had his Drew Carey show in the 90s. Was it the same time? Yeah, it was in the same same time. And then I think it's still before Whose Line Is It Anyways, but his Drew Carey show was mm-hmm. definitely within like a couple years of that if not at the same time at the double check yeah. that there's also this whole thing with her being on the diving team and her having to choose which person she's going to pick for the diving team she's like the team captain or something like that and so she she picks Jackie cuz Jackie worked the hardest but then the mean girl is upset about that and there's this whole thing with the gym teacher. And she's like, well, why did you make me decide that? Why didn't you decide it? Right. Yeah. So that was interesting. And yeah. more more drama. And uh, Bill says uh, that I didn't want to get close to the kids because I didn't want them to go through all of that pain again. And uh, then he proposes and so Annabelle's like, what? Okay. Yeah, I was like, it's kind of twisted logic because it's like, if you're going to propose to her, you're gotta, you going to have to get close to these kids, you know? At least close mm-hmm. enough to be considered somewhat family. I was like, but I it- did think that the scene uh, where she says, she turned you down because she's not me. Between uh, And this scene between Annabelle on the phone and Ellen is Annabelle and Everything I thought that whole scene was very well done when they were talking about the pain of losing the dad and and all of that and right I thought that I wrote down in my notes that whole scene was very well done <laughs> <laughs> very well done I gotta admit I did not like Bill at the beginning of the film but at the end he slowly mm-hmm. came around for me I was like all right there's a redeeming quality with him yeah. Because at first I thought, I was like, oh mm-hmm. man, another misogynistic man. <laughs> like after literally having just watched the 75 version, not 10 minutes before this one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do I have to really deal with another chauvinistic pig right now? And uh, so I didn't have the best impression of, a, of him. But near the end and how he like really made the effort. I was like, all right. All right. He, he's redeemable. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then we get to the diving competition and somehow Ellen in Annabelle's body is able to get a perfect 10 on the dive. And then they switch back and and he says, "Uh, you think your mom's a hypocrite? And she says, I don't think my mom has as easy as I thought. And she says, I never understood how hard it is for you, mom. So that was sweet. I liked this version a lot. I thought this was really good. I like I said, I thought the Shelly Long was really good at playing the t- teenager in my body, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that uh, that Gabby Hoffman was also really good. And I liked the supporting cast was all good. And I don't know, this one, maybe it's just because I had never seen it and the other ones I'd seen, but I was pleasantly surprised by this one. I thought it was that it was heartfelt there was some emotion because you had the death of the father and everything and yeah um i thought it was it might be my favorite but i don't know i'm still debating i I, really thought it was good yeah i thought this one was solid one because of if it felt more adult themed which Mm -hmm. i i think i gravitated to more because it felt more Mm -hmm. serious and heavy but there was a lot of physical humor with the you know physical Mm-hmm. rollerblading so there was some slapstick in mm-hmm. here and there mm-hmm. um there there was a nice balance well, yeah well we forgot to talk about the fact that they have the insane driving scene at the end with with the little boy pushing the pedals and she's driving the car like what? right oh my gosh <laughs> there's gotta be that like was, one crazy, crazy driving scene in it yeah in all so. of the films <laughs> so what would you give this one one to ten um, I like this significantly more than the first one. Yeah. I'd probably give it like a solid seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I give it at least an eight. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about 2003. This one is a feature film and uh, it's, of course, stars Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Lindsay Lohan. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> in this one, you have a fortune cookie is the culprit that uh causes the problems and in this one they have a her named tess and she is a psychiatrist or therapist person and so i do think that that provided a lot of of humor uh for her trying to kind of help these people you know and the the whole switch right with the whole thing with the tv and just everything there was a lot of kind of drama with that and in this one you have her getting married in this one yeah and i I like the fact that she was a therapist because it is like one of the most headiest (laughs) type of professions you can have and then to have something as drastic as switching like you would think you're crazy even though you know psychologically Mm -hmm. you have actually studied this and yet you still can't explain it yourself and um so i like the irony within that Mm -hmm. um jamie lee curtis She's amazing in everything she does and touches. So, Mm -hmm. like, she was really just, I think she takes the cake in this film. Mm -hmm. And we should mention that Willie Garson plays one of the patients in this, and he just passed away. So that's very sad. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I watched that. I was like, and uh, I first saw him, I was like, aww. I know. I know. Shoot. <laughs> and I really enjoyed Mark Harmon in this as the uh, fiance. I thought that he was really good. And uh, I enjoyed the the little brother and the grandfather dynamic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was fun to watch. 
Yeah, and I do agree that I think that Jamie Lee Curtis was really funny, especially that first uh, initial, I'm old, I'm like the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) So funny, because I remember when the trailer came out, and that line was in the trailer, and I remember laughing so hard and telling Mm -hmm. my mom, I was like, we got to watch this. We, we have to watch this because this one, I think, is the only one. Well, maybe the 75, but I don't know. I wasn't alive in 75. Um, <laughs> this one was in the theaters. I actually saw this in theaters. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. The, the 76 was theatrically released, and so was this. I, and uh, then the other two are um, are were for television. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, then you have uh, – the the little brother is a lot in this one. I mean, I I I mean he's reading her diary and just like bothering her, and I do think that she had a, a good point with that. And they had, I, but I also think that probably Lindsay Lohan's character is the most surly out of all of the teens of the four teens. She's she's For a sure. lot. And like she's screaming at the top of her lungs. She mm-hmm. like she is the believable rebel teenager that mm-hmm. would give Tess a run for her money. Mm-hmm. And they get rid of her door. Privacy is a privilege. <laughs> yep. And you know she says you couldn't last one day in my high school, which is probably accurate, which proves to be accurate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then I do think I also think that that Lindsay Lohan is probably the best mom in teen. Of the four, of, of playing a uh, yeah, you know, Agreed. the mind of a so she's good and you know what is this tone? Are you using that tone tone with me? Don't you use that tone with me? <laughs> yeah, and, and then she so they Jamie Lee Curtis character ends up getting a makeover and uh, she gets a new piercing. Sweet montage, sweet mm-hmm. montage. Yeah. <laughs> And that was like a huge American Express ad, the whole thing. Right. Like, and it's so funny because, you know, I, I live in L.A. and I've totally forgot to look this up. But when she's walking out in that slow-mo shot, I was like, that's either the Americana in Glendale or the Grove in L.A. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's definitely one of those places. Well, and the fact that she has like five devices, that's very 2003. Very. Because you had like your planner, you had your Palm you Pilot, had your iPod, you, yeah, you had your your phone <laughs> yeah, your pager blackberry was the, was the sidekick out yet i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like it's very that, that, that me back. i was like oh yeah you just have to have all those devices right it's very dated in technology <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah this is another one where the teachers seem to have it out for her the whole uh, quiz on hamlet and giving her an F for overreaching. That seems ridiculous. Right. Uh, yeah. And it's so funny because, again, in L.A., I actually edit footage of Stephen Tobolowsky. So now every time I see him, I was like, oh, what's up, Stephen? You know, I, I feel like I know him only because I've mm-hmm. stared at his face for so many hours for so long. So, so to see him in this film, I was like, ah, here's Stephen once again. And he tends to play the same character as he, he, he is in that role where it's just like dislikable, very rude. Um, yeah. He, he has a type. Well, so we have two 
uh, Hallmark alums in this film. We've mm-hmm. got Julie Gonzalo as the main girl. She plays Stacy. Yeah. And uh, and then we also, of course, have Chad Michael Murray as Jake. And I this is another one. It's just a weird dynamic of the whole relationship between Jake and Tess in this movie. Uh, like they they're getting this they spent quite a bit of time together and like he seems like he's genuinely attracted to Tess and he's like turned off by Anna Anna because Anna does something mean to the test uh for Stacy's test and I don't know just the whole thing it's just weird especially the fact that she's getting married the next day and she's like spending all this time with this young person and young she's guy. an adult on the inside <laughs> like it's just awkward weird right and i think it was you know it's just to build up the whole like i actually do like your personality even mm-hmm. if, maybe not your body but your personality which we know it's uh, it's anna but right yeah um i i think what like really sold it because they did spend so much time the part that i laughed the most out of this whole you know tess and jake persona storyline was when Tess was riding on the back of his motorcycle and Ryan sees sees them. But Jamie Lee Curtis has like the biggest smile on her face and like hugging him on the back of that motorcycle. Quite honestly, the biggest laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, like, that was yeah. the payoff out of all. The, it is, the but it's also joke. just kind of awkward. I don't know the whole thing. Like it's just an inherent in this story. There's a certain degree of awkwardness mm-hmm. of, you have an adult with younger people, but it's in 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 a younger person's body, and so, like, it, it's just there's awkwardness. And anyway, there's also this whole thing about her band, and they have the chance to audition at the House of Blues, which is a real place. It is in LA, right? I've been there. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so they there's this whole thing. It's the same night as the rehearsal dinner. But they end up going because Mark Harmon's character, I forget his name. He says, go, go, do it. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. So they say, go, go, do it. And uh, he says, I don't want you. I don't want to get married if you were going to put me in the role of insensitive stepfather. And he says, I never pushed Anna because I want her to like me on her own terms in her own way. That was very nice. I like that. At least he's, you know, self-aware because I feel like the guys in the first two movies would not do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, This was definitely the more progressive man in this film so far, which I Mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoyed. I was like, all right, at least Tess isn't marrying a a jerk, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So then Anna makes the toast at the at the wedding. They switch back, and then the wedding happens. She makes the toast at the wedding reception. I mean rehearsal, mm-hmm. and then they switch back. The wedding happens, and there's a sweet moment between all of them and at the wedding. And then you finish it off with Grandpa and the brother, <laughs> uh, almost switching places. So that's kind of fun. Well, almost so, with, almost switching places because the the woman interfered. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, that that was great. Uh, again, more more physical comedy in it, which I am totally mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, enjoy and you it. have some comedy with her being uh, terrible on the television show, and 
And also just some funny jokes about this is the first French fry I've eaten in eight years and all of that. <laughs> uh, and and you have the brother writing an article about why his big sister is the greatest, which is very sweet. Yeah, at least so. there was, I feel like there's a always a sweet um, brother-sister moment. As mm-hmm. much as they have a tumultuous relationship throughout all the movies, there is that one moment where they finally, you know, are civil and, you know, they... they Mm-hmm. So what would you give this one, one to 10? Um, I, I would rate it pretty high around nine to 10. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's really solid. Uh, I think I give it an eight. I mean, I feel like I'm about the same on both, uh, 95 and 2003. Uh, I'd say if I could take the, um, I could, if I could have Shelley Long and not that I didn't like Jamie Lee Curtis, but I just really thought that Shelley Long was great uh, playing teenage inside. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's a, there's a sentimental sentimentality to this one for me. Cause I was the teenager mm-hmm. when this movie came out. Yeah. So I was the target demographic. Plus it's Lindsay Lohan and it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, this one really resonated with mm-hmm. me and it still does. I mean, I, I still watch this with my girlfriends um, as a grown yeah. adult, so like well, I, I still a, really much enjoy this one. Yeah, and she's so so good with the whole make 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 good choices, <laughs> make good choices. <laughs> From the author of Miracles and Menorahs and History of Us comes a story about the changing nature of love and what it really feels like to be home for the holidays. Love and Lockcase is the third book in Stacy Agdern's Friendship and Festival series. Available on October 12th from Tool Publishing and wherever books are sold. For more information about Stacy, visit her at her website, stacyagdern.com. That's stacyagdern.com. So let's talk about 2018. Uh, so this is actually a musical. It was based on the Broadway musical that I think was an off-Broadway musical. And I've never seen the full musical, but I can imagine that it works a lot better as a musical on Broadway than it does in this movie. I feel like I don't know this for a fact, but I mean, they would have had to have cut out a lot of songs because Broadway musicals are longer than a, you know, a Disney channel original movie. But also I feel like there were long stretches without a song. I think so. I mean, like when they got to the high school, there was one song and then it felt like there was a lot of dialogue, probably 45 minutes within the movie. And then we mm-hmm. finally started getting songs again. So the the woman who plays the mother, her name is Heidi Blickenstaff. And she is the, the originator of the role on Broadway or off-Broadway or whatever. The original mom. Huh. And then the girl is played by Cozy Zulsdorf. <laughs> I'm sorry if I pronounced that terrible. But... Uh, it starts out the, in this one. She's also getting married and this one does have more diversity than any of the other versions um, in the casting, which is nice. Uh, you do get to see Rakia Bernard, who is a uh, Hallmark alum yep. in this. And uh, you have her, not only is she getting married, but she's also the, she's also a wedding planner and she got a second mortgage on the house in order for her for her business and uh her their the father had also passed away and 
Ellie is having a really hard time. The daughter with this new guy that her, uh, Mike, that her mother is, is uh, engaged to and getting married to. Yeah. Uh, so it starts, it starts out with just one day as the first song. What did you overall think about the songs and the, just, I guess this movie in general, what did you think about it? All right. I got to admit because, uh, as a big decom fan lover, watch, you know, growing up, mm-hmm. I was very, very hesitant to watch this one because the, any movie after 2003 on Disney Channel, just the quality has not been good. Despite, I'm like, you know, exceptions of High School Musical, but all the other ones are pretty meh. Um, so I, I wasn't really having high expectations for this one. I wanted to hate it so much, <laughs> especially because they start off with the three kids on their cell phones, on a bed. I was like, oh, Gen Z, I just want to barf. But as I, as the movie was going along and they were singing and they were dancing, you know me, I love musicals. I really surprisingly enjoyed this film. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect it. When I first thought I was pretty critical of it, uh, there are some weird moments. But I have to say, after watching, most of those weird moments are also weird in the other ones. So I was just kind of like, because I was separated from from seeing the other ones, I think I was a little bit harsher when it's just something I think kind of inherent to this franchise is like, there's awkwardness and it's just kind of a weird story. I, I, I We'll talk a little bit about particularly one of the songs that I'm not sure works. I don't quite, well, there's one I really don't like, and then there's one that I'm just i'm torn Ooh, on but I'm anyway excited to hear but, but but yeah i actually kind of feel like i am a defender of decoms we do our rankings over on my other channel for disney and i think that there's not that much that is really carefully made for kid for for teens or preteens. and uh, so i enjoyed like the teen beach movies i thought those were good i i liked the descendants i enjoyed those um, I don't know. And you have these adults ranting and raving about, you know, these, uh, which I, I just think is ridiculous. I did love the Descendants. Um, Descendants one those. and two. I had, <laughs> I had movie screenings for those movies. Like, oh, you yeah, did? I actually put on parties for those films. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, and I don't ever throw parties. Yeah. yeah. When the first Descendants came out, well, I went all out. I was like, it's Disney characters in the next generation. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked that. So after they switch, (laughs) I look like I should be stirring a cauldron. That was a good line. And then (laughs) then she says, I look like a realtor. And then her friends are like, you look like a realtor. (laughs) That was funny, I thought. And uh, then the next song is called I Got This. And uh, they, you know, that's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, and then she, uh, and she puts her hair up, uh, so she can see your face. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, I feel like is a line, um, that, which is, you know, homage to the 2003 version when Lindsay Lohan puts up her hair and she's, and mm-hmm. she's like, now we can see your pretty face. Yeah. So the song I did not like at all was the biology song. I really? thought that I thought that was weird. I mean, it's coming from a mom singing about Adam, mm-hmm. and it was just weird. I, I didn't like it. Honestly, I enjoy that one the most. It's so really? funny how 
people hear the same song and think completely different yeah. things. I re- actually really enjoyed biology because it's fun. Um, there was scientific terms in it, but I think it was just the beat of it was very, very catchy. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it really got stuck in my head. Yeah, I mean, it does have a, a nice uh, music to it, but I don't know, just the the whole scene I just thought was weird and the whole message of the song was weird. I, I just didn't like it. But, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, then we have, uh, she finds out that uh, she got the daughter got that Ellie got a navel ring. So we're upset about that. And then there's this whole scene where the whole top of the cake ends up getting destroyed. That was like, Oh no. Cause there's this whole, not only are they have this wedding, but they, there's this reporter played by Rekia Renard, who's going to come and do a piece on it. And uh, so there's a long, so the long space was between biology and the next song. There's, it's a long space of music and especially uh, without music, especially when you consider the fact that they must've had to cut a ton of songs because I'm sure their actual musical is, you know, two hours plus so much longer. And so they had to cut already. And so for them to have so few songs in this musical, I thought was strange. Mm. yeah i've never seen the original musical so i actually don't Mm -hmm. know what they kept and what they didn't yeah i i haven't i haven't seen it either um and then there's this whole thing called the hunt which is kind of like this scavenger social media scavenger (laughs) hunt kind of a thing and she wants to do it um the song that i think is weird and i'm conflicted on is parents lie because on one hand i like the subversion of it that it is being kind of honest with kids and teens that are watching this, that parents lie and, Mm -hmm. and that, that they're not perfect, but on the, in the, but I also feel like it's, it's sort of weird (laughs) that like the mother is singing this to her, her little boy. I feel like if she was singing this to an older child, I would, but I feel like it's just sort of awkward and weird. And um, I, so on one hand, I like it. On on the other hand, I, I don't think it works in the scene. I, I agree. Um, I was trying to understand, like, I mean, I understand the reason behind it, but like why we needed it. Um, mm-hmm. More so because I, I think the running consistent through line through all of these is that we're trying to, the mother and daughter are trying to figure each other out better and appreciate and respect each other even more by the end of the day and then mm-hmm. this one doesn't didn't feel like this song didn't feel like it was um moving them closer to that yeah and um, also just some of the lyrics i thought were weird like they say that parents lie with hugs i don't think that that's true i, I mean i think you love your child and you want to hug them even right. if it's not even if you're not telling them everything that the the hug isn't a lie and and it also feels a little bit i i don't think that ellie as a teen would know all this and would be so kind of self-aware of it all yeah it just i if we cut this one out it wouldn't be the end of the world yeah i agree i i think it's an interesting song and it probably works better in the play because right. you have more character development and I don't know, I just imagine it probably works better because 
Right. I like the idea. I like the idea of being honest with kids about how the fact that parents aren't perfect. I like that idea, but the kid is too little and it just comes off a little Right. Mean. Then, then call the song not perfect. Did not yeah. not parents not lie. don't lie. Not and it's not it shouldn't just be delineated to parents. Everyone lies, let's be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a weird moment. Uh but then we get the uh the brother ends up running away and after the parents lie song, which I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and uh so they're Everything's all really a lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, goodness. and and then she yells at her assistant tori about the napkins tori quits uh and then the friends all into doing the hunt and they're trying to find this uh they're trying to find the uh hourglass, hourglass. yeah uh, because it's uh um she sold, she gave it to this antiques dealer and she says, how could you do that? That was something special from the dad. So they're trying to make it as part of the hunt. Uh, and, and then uh, Adam ends up finding Fletcher and uh, there's the song is called go there at the, at the hunt. Yes. Um, I like the dancing during the hunt. I mean, cause yeah, that was fun. It was a big group dance, um, and I'm big into group dancing and choreography in that sense. Uh, it felt well, this was like the bigger one of the bigger numbers. Yeah, well, and, and that is one good thing about D DCOM's post High School Musical is the choreography. Yeah, uh, has is usually really fun. Like I love the um, water dance in um, The Sentence Two. That's one of my favorites. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good. there's a lot yeah. of really good choreography. And yeah, we don't have Kenny Ortega. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, I, I did like the moment. Don't be ashamed of your bodies because this is as good as it gets. That was a good one. <laughs> <like that>. uh, <laughs> uh, Fletcher says this has been the that's a little. He says this has been the best day of my life. <laughs> And uh, so you have a moment where uh, Catherine and Mike make up. And so she's able to forgive because it's really Ellie is able to forgive Mike. And then they find the hourglass and uh, this Savannah, who's that actress is on the um, uh, high school musical, 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 the musical series. series. Yeah. She's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. So good. She's a good singer. And Ellie wins the hunt and we get a just one day reprise. And then if today is every day is the final was one of the, the last songs and uh, the wedding, the, at the wedding, the hourglass is powered by them both saying that they love each other. And, uh, and then, uh, it's at last it's me it's the last song right I, um, I i like the fact that it didn't work immediately they you know they still had to keep working at it yeah i mean um, it gets pretty close where you're like oh, what's like, gonna happen here not working <laughs> but you know it made them like really work for it mm-hmm. um and like you think it would be a clean fixer upper like all the other ones were but they're like, oh, no, something's still not off. We still mm-hmm. have to figure this out. And it felt more earned once they finally switched. Yeah. So what would you give this one? One to ten. 
Um, I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed this one. Probably a solid seven. Yeah, I agree. I definitely liked it better watching it as part of a grouping as opposed to on its own. Yeah. 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 Of these movies. So let's do our ranking. So I, I think I will, I feel like I want to almost have a tie, uh, but I think I'm going to actually say 1995 is my favorite. And then 2003 and then 2018 and then last 1976. Okay, yeah, you and I are very similar, except Mm -hmm. I'm going to put the 2003 as number one, Mm -hmm. 1995 as number two, um, the 2018 number three, and 1975 is number four. Yeah, so there we go. We did it. We did it. These are always super long, but it's great. So so how can people find you, uh, Marissa? Everyone can follow me at Serafini TV everywhere. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And also make sure you follow us at Hallmarkies Podcast, Hallmarkies Pod, all of our social media. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. Really appreciate that. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store. And let's take a look at that and uh, let us know what you think and what your rankings would be. We'd love to hear. And, uh, and let us know if you have any other ideas of these kinds of rankings we could do in the future. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So thanks so much, Marissa. Thank you, Rachel. (laughs) Yes. Always fun talking a bunch of movies with you. Yeah, it's great. I really, really enjoyed it. So I'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye.